0: Give it a couple beats. Uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is Burn This Book, a banned books book club where we, Nicole and Eden, read a banned or challenged book each month and discuss its meaning, impact, and censorship to make it more accessible for all readers. It's banned books week also. It is. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> You're welcome, Eden. Uh yeah, we're releasing this this podcast during Banned Books Week. Twenty twenty-two. Twenty twenty-two. Um yeah, we'll dive into why why we're doing this project. So um I'm Nicole
0: and um the reason why we decided to jump on this is we both were kind of disturbed over the last year seeing all of the new books being banned and all of the political headlines about how different school boards and states are banning books. In fact, earlier this year, Utah passed a law allowing for the suppression of sensitive materials in the classroom, meaning that now schools can ban books, and the reasons can be a lot more flimsy than they were in the past. Um, Just a brief timeline, and I'm pulling this from a National Geographic article written this week and published—I well, don't know if it was written this week, but it was published this week—by um, Erin Blakemore. And um, the reason why is because we're seeing right now here in September the amount of books are re- like reaching a precedented, unprecedented level of banning. Um, we are there's like an an amazing amount of vitriol in a lot of different school boards and parents groups to ban stuff in between July 1st, 2021 and March 31st, 22, 2022, there were 1,586 books banned in 86 school districts across 26 states Holy cow. that affects more than 2 million students. Um, and not only is this like damaging for people's education and ability to imagine ability to develop empathy and just kind of reach out, but also it, this is a free speech amendment violation and that's kind of what the argument has been the first book was banned in puritan era times okay. which is pretty cool and <laughs> which is pretty cool we've got that cool history mm-hmm. um in 1650 a, a massachusetts bay colonist william Pynchon, published the merit meritorious price of our redemption which um kind of uh, what's a good word? It, it was critical. It was critical, yeah. It criticized Puritan values and the Puritan way of life. So it was banned. And then during slavery and the Civil War, multiple states outlawed expressing anti-slavery sentiments. So they would not be able to read um, abolitionist work. Um, and then in... Um, After that, it became a war against immorality. And that's where we kind of see this argument that we don't want to see books that have pornography in it or that um, are too adult-themed for children to read. But the problem with that, and we've seen throughout the 1920s up until the 1970s, the question of what does immorality actually mean, what does obscenity mean, and what does pornography mean, and that has been challenged a lot. And what's kind of an interesting... um, like what's called string that ties all of those things together is that a lot of the people challenging these books had never even read them. So um, a lot of these cases didn't even like make it through court. Over the last uh, two years though, a lot of states are doubling down, like I said, with Utah and Missouri. Um, Eden and I both live in Utah, so this is like kind of close to home Mm -hmm. and it's stressful.
1: It's literally home. It
0: is literally home. And so um, in the 1980s, during the Satanic Panic, um librarians were like whoa we're really banning a lot of wheat a lot of books sorry i'm really nervous a lot of wheat (laughs) we're banning a lot of wheat farmers um and um so they created the banned book week and that's what this is and it's just the point is to raise awareness about commonly challenged books and first amendment freedoms and to talk about what does modern censorship actually look like in our lives and who's doing it and why And that's what this week is all about, so. Thank you. That
1: was a lot. That was a lot.
0: Oh my gosh, and I was nervous, and I kind of stuttered and (laughs) slundered and...
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, thank you for going into that. Um, And for the same reasons that the Library Association put together the Banned Books Week is the reason why we're putting together this podcast. I have another reason that I want to bring up. Uh, oh, please! Which you're aware of? I—it's <laughs> uh, news to me. I don't even know you. Um, but the main one is the reason why we're doing a book club format is because uh, I want to help parents like myself understand the books that are being banned, um, and like walk through that process of literacy and like be. Ah, I know it gets nerve wracking. It, huh? oh, it does. Oh, we're bad. <laughs> But yeah, literacy. literacy. Huh, thank you. You're welcome. Why? Why are we so nervous this time? It's because it's daylight. Oh, it's probably we can hide <laughs> our
0: sins in the nighttime.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna play games on my phone while I figure this. Out. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I found out that uh, nationwide, on average, seventy nine percent of uh, American adults are literate um, in 2022. But of that seventy-nine percent literate adults, fifty-four percent of them have a literacy below sixth grade level. And do you know what sixth grade level? Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Whoa. Um. So, and that's a popularly challenged book. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. So my hypothesis, and like another reason why I'm coming at this, uh, coming at you with this podcast (laughs) aggressively too. Is uh, to help bridge that gap between um, what I'm theorizing is low literacy levels and book bannings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a way to do that is to guide people through books. You said something earlier around... Uh, uh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, about the court cases. Court cases. How each time yeah. it was
0: challenged,
1: court cases... In the court cases, you realize that, or in the court cases, people mm-hmm. realize that parents weren't actually reading these books. They were yeah. just afraid of them, afraid of them, or they've been fed pieces of these books that were taken completely out of context. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you read a book, if you read a page in a book out of context, maybe it's like not, even, it's not even the message of the book. mm mm-hmm. Um, so this podcast for me is a way to, um, for myself as a parent, read these books that my child will read eventually, mm-hmm. um, so that I am better equipped to talk to her about them when she's older. Yeah. Cause she's two right now. So I've got a long time. <laughs> You've got a healthy amount of time. I've got a healthy amount. Yeah. Well, maybe I we could talk to her about some of the children's books that are on our band books list, but, um, Absolutely.
0: Um, to follow up with that, if you don't mind me adding something, so mm-hmm. one of the really interesting court cases that had to do with this, I'm just making sure I've got all the correct things, was um, trying to ban the book Ulysses by James Joyce, which is a really complicated, difficult book to read. It, it, it was published in 1922, the book Ulysses. In 1920, um, a periodical published a part of the book which contained a masturbation scene. And uh, people were really disturbed. So the Manhattan district attorney um, received like, all these letters of complaint. And the, um, the people who were going to publish it were sued. And the court convicted and fined the publishers after a trial in which one of the judges stated that the novel seemed like the work of a disordered mind. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most brilliant literary minds in the world. Um, and that stopped the publication of Ulysses in the United States for over a decade. Wow. Because, and I, like, clearly that judge had not read the book. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a scene taken out of context. Yeah,
0: so that's, like, a really great example of that. And they used it and said it was obscene, therefore the uh, First Amendment did not protect it. Mm-hmm. Those conversations are really important to have. And that conversation about, like, are people reading this in context and with an understanding of, A, the time it was written and what the author was trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, because that misunderstanding has banned and burned a lot of books.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I believe a lot of the book challenges happen in school libraries, which I've like we've talked about this before in our personal lives where we like schools are the safest places to read these books because you have adults guiding mm-hmm. that the the young children um, and helping them understand what they are reading. So sure, they're reading maybe something on the surface that seems to be just about witchcraft. But if you dig into it, uh, Harry Potter is the hero's (laughs) journey. (laughs) As most books are. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, There's a lot there. I I mean, I remember the first time I read Beloved by Toni Morrison was in a high school um, AP English class. And if I had read that on my own the first time, I think it would have been overwhelming for me because it is a heavy book and there's a lot there, but reading it with a class where we could ask questions and listen and, and, and try to pick it apart together gave me the tools to be able to read more of Toni Morrison's work with so much love and compassion. And she has opened up an entire world for me of empathy, of strength, of all these things. And I look at my country differently and I feel accountable for the information I know. And I, Really, am trying to do more of an anti-racist work within myself, so that I can benefit my community, and that my community also will look different than it would have before Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's the gift of of reading things in school, and that's the gift of having that guide, like Eden said. Yeah. So come celebrate banned books week with us this week. Come, yeah. Not celebrate. Come recognize recognize banned books week. Yeah. <laughs> We're celebrating these books getting banned. <laughs> this podcast like yeah. takes a terrible turn.
1: <laughs> yes Yes. burn them (laughs) burn this book burn this book uh cosplaying yeah it's extremist we love it um so we've actually recorded four episodes by now um and already we've made some changes so originally we pulled a list of books that have been challenged or banned for at least two decades uh since the american library association started tracking those challenges and bans in the 90s Um, but there's a lot of contemporary books that I think Mm -hmm. would provide a lot of value, um, if we read them and, and talked about them. So we're just opening it up to any book that has been banned or challenged. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's where, where that's the method of our podcast and we're thinking bi-weekly. So Mm -hmm. In our first couple of intros we say monthly. But we can ignore that. <laughs> we think that's too much
0: of a slow burn. Yeah. And if you have any recommendations as listeners, um about a book that you want to talk to us about on this podcast or just a book you want to hear about, please put that in there. Or if you just have any recommendations or thoughts in good faith. Mm-hmm. Um we really would love to hear them because we want to get better at this. We would we want this to be a space where we really can have these honest conversations about Books and what we find disturbing, what we don't, and what we can learn from these stories. Stories are very important.
1: So, yeah, you can email those thoughts or ideas to burn this book podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Though well, Probably more likely Instagram. Yeah, we're bad at Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we feel imposter syndrome Yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> we're scared of everyone on there. Well, yeah. But our handle is at burnthisbookpodcasts. Pod, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Thanks for following. Yeah, let's do Tell a quick you should introduce yourself, though Eden. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Tell them about yourself. I'm Eden. I grew up in Connecticut. My high school library was called the Toni Morrison Library. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we bring her up because she is one of the most, if not the most, challenged author. I'm also a, a daughter of Chinese immigrants, Hong Kong immigrants, and I think. Um, a lot of my literacy mm-hmm. issues came from being technically English English as a third language, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's my primary language now. But it was because of my English teachers and those book club discussions, book assignment discussions, that helped me understand Beloved, the impact that it had, and like how beautiful of a story it is, and how tragic.
0: Yeah. And Eden has a baby. I have a baby. And uh, she has a husband.
1: Yeah, m- me, not the baby. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, right. <laughs> the baby's not married yet. The baby's not married yet. But we're really pushing a heteronormative <laughs> agenda on her early on. Yeah, thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Burn this book is produced by us, Nicola Corrin and Eden Wen.
0: Music written by me, Nicola Corrin and produced and performed
1: by my dad, Frank.